Welcome to the You Choose Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Please take a moment, pause this podcast right now, and share it with someone you think would find this podcast interesting. We would really appreciate it. Please go to youchoosepodcast.com. That's the letter U, choosepodcast.com, and find the different ways that you can connect with us and how you can be part of the live event. And without further ado, let's get into the adventure you choose. Special event tonight with the Grolix podcast, the You Choose Grolix crossover extravaganza. Would we go as far as extravaganza, Jesse? It's Yeah, it's an extraganza. It's sir. <laughs> you kids usually sign up for two or three ganzas. Tonight you get four. We should get started because we're going to make magic tonight, folks. The magic Ooh. of the unicorn. I like magic. So look at this illustration. <laughs> Ron Wing did the illustration, but this is awesome. You've got the unicorn, the girl on the unicorn. You've got a fire-breathing dragon, an evil wizard, and uh, a living tree. So He really was winging it. Oh, oh, oh man. We're going to have to have a oh. pun counter, I think, for, for Jesse. Get your, I'll get the pun counter. They all count. There we go. I got it. That's one. One pun. One pun. One pun. All the puns count. 1985, this book came out, Ooh. written by R.A. Montgomery. He was one of the, the main guys that wrote these books. Him and Edward Packard worked together. So we're going to go through this book. And if you're new to the podcast, thank you. And by the way, hey, Randy, please plug the plug the Growlix real quick. I'm Randy. Also, Jesse here. He also does a show with me called the Growlix Podcast. Yeah. And we, uh, the primary way to catch us is we do live streams every Thursday night at 8.30-ish on Facebook, Twitch, YouTube. Throw a slash Growlix Podcast, you'll get there. Or just go to GrawlixPodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X Podcast.com. And yeah, currently... It's coming out twice a month in audio form, but in the live streams, we're doing a revisit of Doctor Who, the 10th Doctor, and Donna uh, era to get hyped for the 60th anniversary coming up. So that's kind of our current focus on the show. Glad to have the Grolix crew here. Check them out. All right, so let's get started. We got a nice illustration here of our main character. Eddie, do you want to keep In a off? cemetery. I know, in a cemetery. Does ah. Doesn't everybody just hang out in a cemetery? I mean... She does. Evidently, she does. This is like emo before emo was like cool yet. She was the original, like, do you know what sucks? What? Everything. <laughs> cool. She's there because she was panicked at the disco. Oh. <laughs> You're going to have to read this one because my version of page one looks look like a deece. Oh, okay. And it's well, that's terrible. Yeah. I'll, I'll, read, I'll read page one. We'll get started, and then we'll when we get to decision point. If you're new, we'll then you chime in on the chat, and we'll make that decision and go from there. So, all right. The summer of 1507 is exceptionally dry throughout Flanders. Fires scorch the forest, crops wither, and animals collapse with thirst. Nowhere is the drought as severe as in your own small village. Just last week, when you went to check the dwindling water supply, you discovered a dead rat floating in the well upon which everyone depended. Since then, the water has been foul and tainted. The barrels of rainwater are nearly empty, and all attempts to dig a new well have yielded nothing but dry earth. One morning after weeding the field you inherited when your parents died 10 years ago, you pay a visit to Marie Claire. 
She's the oldest person in the village and one of your special friends. Some people say this might be the last summer of any of us lives to see. You tell her sadly, none of the other villages around here has enough water to share with us, and it's hopeless to keep trying to dig a new well. I wish there was something I could do about it. Marie Claire looks she is up emo. from her it is yeah. email. I know. <laughs> it's hopeless. Play Lincoln Park. <laughs> hopeless podcast or hopeless uh, two donor venture. Marie Claire looks up from her knitting. You could try to lure a unicorn to the well. Why the uh. touch of its hoof purifies even poison. But Marie Claire, you exclaim, around here unicorns are rarer than water. I bet it would be easier to find a sorceress than a unicorn. That's a good idea, she replies. I'm sure the sorceress knows all about unicorns. Why don't you look for her? But no one has seen her in years, you remind Marie Claire. The last person who tried to find her never even returned. Ah, but you are ten times smarter than anyone who has ever searched for the sorceress. If anyone can find her, it's you. Again, fitting the choose-your-own-adventure trope. Yep. we're, Yep. We're smarter than everybody in the room. You're the special one. Yes. The narcissist fuel that is it. <laughs> like, exactly. like, ah, only I can get the unicorn. Oh, Feed gosh. the 10-year-old Yugo or the 9-year-old Yugo. No wonder Yugo. we grew up all weird. We're like, I'm, I can be the one. You aren't a wizard, Harry. Go back to the shops. <laughs> the, sh- the shops? Sweep the floor with your feet. <laughs> but mom, mom, this book says I'm 10 times smarter than anyone else. It says I can have a business and a laboratory and 10 degrees online. Thank you, DeVry Institute. Let's see. Although you feel flattered, you're not as sure you really are clever enough. Ooh, a little bit of humbleness. Humble, yeah. That's unusual. We're usually not very humble. Well, I'll give it a try. I wonder if I still remember that riddle describing the way to find the sorceress. Is this right? You take a deep breath and recite. Near a land reserved for woe in a place that's high but low. Watch which way the bat doth go. Find me there, and I will know. In the bat cave. Yeah, the bat cave. I'm Batman. Page five. Perfect, says Marie Claire, as she hands you a glass pendant shaped like a raindrop. Put on my good luck talisman. Use it as you need it, my friend. You say goodbye to Marie Claire, then roam the parched fields. After pondering the riddle, you think of two places reserved for woe. The sorceress could mean the village graveyard or the small camp outside the village where two lepers live in gloomy isolation okay here's our two choices if you head wow two options here you head for the graveyard turn to page 11 or do you go to the lepers camp turn to page eight (laughs) so we've got two lepers known as jesse and randall i've never been to leper camp (laughs) oh so yeah you know or the Graveyard or a leper's camp, you know. We've already good. been to the graveyard. Let's go somewhere yeah, new. Let's go, someplace let's new. go to the Come saloon. Go, oh. go to the saloon. <laughs> That's where you'll go find a unicorn. Go to leper's camp and get a hand. <laughs> oh that, that's a pun right pun yeah. count <laughs> I guess it's a pun. yeah pun. there we go two we're up to two all right well hey let's flip a coin here then the you choose coin let's say we'll do heads for graveyard tails for lepers there it is lepers always losing heads. their tail so graveyard it is Graveyard. Is this me or, or is this Jesse? Let's go ahead and go you, Eddie. We'll just kind of go 
Eddie, Down Jesse, Randy. Yep. Page 11. Even though the path to the graveyard is all downhill, you are hot and thirsty by the time you arrive there. Not thirsty like with water, but thirsty for dates. Yeah. <laughs> thirsty, <anybody>. thirsty. <laughs> yeah. Oh, swipe right on everybody. <laughs> thirsty for that drip. Oh, there we go. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> you sit in the shade of a drooping tree to cool off. As you watch parched leaves float to the dusty ground, you consider the next line of the riddle. In a place that's high but low, you pull out your bond and get the highest you've ever been. That doesn't happen. That's just me no. being silly, kid. What can be both high and low? Looking around, you notice the rolling slopes of the hills along the far side of the graveyard. They seem to be both high and low. Convenient. But then the church bell rings, striking noon. Turning, you realize the steeple of the church also fits the riddle. The church itself is in a low valley, but the steeple towers high above the village. If you walk over to the hills, turn to page three. Hmm. If you enter the church, which I can't do anymore, turn to page 16. Only certain churches. Man. The Mormon kind. Starting out really fire. strange. I know, this is definitely different, but it's a good thing. It is good. It's a little meta, but that's all right. We'll flip the coin here. Heads for hills, tails for church. Heads for the hills. Heads for the hills. All right, here we go. That's your Iron Maiden moment. Tails. tails take me to church. Uh, there you take go. me to church on time. That right. would be Jesse. Mr. Jesse. All right. When you go inside the church, brother, was that Michael? Is that Michael or Michelle? Is this French? Brother, brother Michel looks up from the candelabra. That's how you say that, right? Candelabrum. There you go. He is polishing. I was just wishing for some company. <laughs> what are you? On my magic candelabra. That's it. It was like a genie. Um, I was just wishing for some company. What are you up to, my friend? Boy, this is this guy's a little presumptuous. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't mind me. Are you just polishing your candelabra? Or are you just happy to see me? Oh, oh no. Oh. <laughs> not a pun, kids. That's not a pun. <laughs> and we're we're just straight to business. I'm looking for the sorceress. You explain your interpretation of the riddle. Brother Michel strokes his chin. I don't believe anyone has ever considered, I don't know why he went totally Hispanic, has ever considered the graveyard or steeple when figuring out that riddle. So, you may be on the right track. The next line of the riddle says to watch which way the bat goes. Oh, that's, that's me. You tell him. Have you ever seen bats here? Plenty, he exclaims. At night, they fly around the steeple. I've heard them down in the cellar, too, although I never actually go there. I didn't know there was a cellar under the church. Oh, there's a crawl space there, but it's too small to be very useful, says Brother Michel. Not only that, it's so infested with spiders that no one dares set foot in it. In fact, it would be a clever place for the sorceress to hide. If I had the courage, I'd look there. I question that logic. He starts trying to get you in the cellar. <laughs> no, get in the cellar. I, I, that makes no was sense. Like, Wait a minute. 
Uh, if I were if I were a sorceress, I'd hide in a crawl space full of spiders. No, no, this is bro busted logic. You are tempted to investigate the cellar, even though you don't like the idea of running into a web full of spiders. You also remind yourself that the riddle mentions a place that's high but low, and the cellar doesn't fit that description as well as the steeple does. If you want to explore the cellar, turn to page 20. If you think the steeple is a better choice, turn to page 9. In honor of Al Garrison, we should go to the cellar. Jesse, you sounded like El Guapo there for a while. A little bit, yeah. I, I was feeling, I was feeling a little uh, strong baddian for a second there. <laughs> a little oh, strong baddian. Yes, I'm pretty nice. A little, a little El Guapo, a little Nacho Libre in there for a little fun. You had a plethora of voices there, Jesse. I did. I did. They just kept morphing. Yeah. So we're All going right. to the cellar. Oh, I. I oh, we, oh, we got to flip. We should probably we, flip. It's the cellar seems like a. This is a idea. terrible plan. That's a terrible plan. Either plan. one's terrible, I think. But I'm with know. hashtag. Don't listen to Michelle. Michelle. Don't. Michelle no. El guapo. All right. Oh, Michelle no. Hashtag. Don't listen to Michelle. <laughs> let's do head cellar, tails for steeple. So let's flip here. Man, I just want to find a unicorn. This is just like you are a shark. Yeah, this is nonsense. What are we looking for a sorceress for? Tails, so we're going to the steeple. Okay, good. All right. Okay, steeple's page nine. Steeple is nine. Will you help me climb up the steeple? You ask Brother Michelle. I'm not doing the voice, by the, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> He's <not gonna> <laughs> Dang it. Or maybe, maybe you know what? My, my Michelle's different. Oh, yeah. I changed my mind. That way I ran it through my head. Not going to do it. I'll hoist you under the rafter, but after that, you're on your own, he says. I'm afraid to climb that high. See, there's something up with him. He won't go up there, but he wants you no. down. No, no, no. Brother Michelle lifts you over his head up towards the rafter. You grab the beam. After a few seconds of scrambling, you write yourself safely on the rafter. What are you going to do next? Called Brother Michelle. <laughs> what are you going to do next? Called Brother Michelle nervously. <laughs> nervous Nancy over here. Man, go back to polishing your stuff. Wait a minute. What are you going to do up there? <laughs> I meant your candelabra. You look around. See the rope dangling from the church bell? Would you please move it closer so I can grab hold of it and climb all the way to the top of the steeple? I feel like you don't want to climb up that. Yeah, we're dead. He takes hold of the bottom of the rope and carries it towards you. I can't bring it any closer, he says. I'll have to take a leap. Let's hope I can grab that rope. You tell him. <laughs> you tell him with more confidence than you actually feel. Here goes. Oh, boy. Uh, continue to page 23. My YouTube sense is tingling. Yes. <laughs> Not sounding good. That's a big jump. You hurl your body towards the rope and miraculously, miraculously manage to grab it tightly. I decide the clanging of the bell is almost deafening. Yeah, that was a terrible idea. Oh no, Wales brother Michael. Now the whole village will come running to find out why the bell is ringing. Just wait till they see wait till they see I've allowed you to climb all the uh, climb all over the church. You pay no attention. A trap door by the base of the bell has swung open, releasing a frightening a frightened bat. It flutters anxiously around you then swoops out the window below. What's behind that door up there? You ask brother Michael, Michelle, oh. sorry. I had no I had no idea it was there, he replies. Then the next line of the riddle which way the bat doth go springs into your mind. You think you should probably follow the bat out the window, but you're very curious about the trap door. Ooh. Ooh, I don't know. Do we follow the anxious bat? 
I mean, we've been sticking to the riddle this whole time, and now we're going to be like, but my ADD has kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> now. Hey, uh, Paul's in the chat. Hey, Paul. So, Paul, what should we do? Climb down and follow the bat or wait a minute longer? Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you can't wait a minute longer to find out what's behind the trap door. Yeah, that's the other choice. Go check out. <laughs> this is why we can't get anything solved. You go on the you go on the case, and then halfway through, you're like, "Ooh, that guy had a weird mustache." Oh no! Do I continue with the storyline plots, or do I go to the tantalizing page sixty nine? <laughs> Paul went for it. Your turn, Lee. Sixty nine, dudes. <laughs> Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. <laughs> All right, sixty nine. I'm going to see what's behind the trap door, you tell Brother Michelle. I'll keep the villagers outside so they won't distract you. What? When did the villagers... I don't understand why they got involved all of a sudden. Well, anyway. I'll keep the villagers outside so they don't distract you, he calls to you. Be careful. The bell rings loudly as you climb up the rope. At the top, you crawl through the opening into the small dark compartment. The tiny room is empty, save for a large goblet brimming with clear, colorless liquid. Hesitantly, hesitantly, you take a sip. Okay. I feel like this is a decision what? they should allow us to make. <laughs> right? No. Because this that's a happens. large leap there. Do you drink the liquid out of the goblet? Yes. That or was no? uh, d the room only had a bat in it earlier, so I, I think we're drinking guano. Yeah, a cup full of guano. Mmm, yummy. Guano. Hey Jesse, you don't get this type of drink at the saloon. No. Go to the saloon. Always go to the saloon. You don't get guano shots there. You pay extra if you want it. Yeah. When you realize it's fresh, cool water, you take several sizable gulps. You pause for a second and notice the goblet is just as full as it was when you first discovered it. Being careful not to drop the glass, you climb down from the steeple. Quite a bit of water spills on the way, but the goblet remains full. You rush outside to show Brother Michelle and find the entire village gathered with him. Look what I discovered, you shout. You pass the goblet among the puzzled villagers. They each take a drink and marvel at the endless supply of water. Brother Michel shakes his head with disbelief. My grandmother's great-grandmother told her a saint had blessed our village with a secret treasure, he tells you. All my life, I've tried to figure out what it was. You found it. Before you know what is happening, you find yourself on the shoulders of your friends and neighbors. The crowd cheers your cleverness and courage as they march towards their parched fields with a magic goblet. The end. I was not expecting that. Look at us go. I, what? I thought we were done for. This oh, is not an ending. <laughs> we could still find the sorceress. Why did you give up? Because you found a magic cup of water. Okay, Jesse. No Manicorn. unicorn. Manicorn needs to, to chime in. That was kind of the point, though, right? Because they wanted the unicorn to fix the water problem, but then they're like, oh, sidestep. We got a goblet that never stops flowing, baby. This wasn't even the point of the show. The point of the show is the magic unicorn. There wasn't even a single unicorn. They barely talked about unicorns, and, and they were totally wrong about unicorns. I'm done with the show. They had more bats. In this. They had more bats. Yeah. More bats, more Michelle. We didn't die. We cheesed no, we the whole die. adventure, to be fair. We won. Yeah. 
Yeah, we did The next day, the whole, the, the whole village was poisoned, but that's beside the point. I know. This is the follow-up. Surprise! <laughs> that was poison water, and you're actually, you're actually all dead, but you don't know it. So that was just a... The good yeah. thing is, is we can go back. I'm curious. Is it... I was expecting a death. I'm, in my mind, if it's not the end, it's a death. And no, that's not clearly... Always. Okay, okay. Is it common that, like... Yeah, there's other solutions. I mean, I guess that makes I would sense. Say, Lee, I mean, so far, it's kind of rare that if it's not one of the optimal air quote endings, then it's usually something bad. That's usually the case. There's a okay. couple of decent endings sprinkled in, like you couldn't find your real grandma, but you found someone that you love just as much. You know what I mean? Like, like you found a new grandma. Well, that's terrible. <laughs> Where's the real grandma? I know. I know, right? You're like, oh, I get her it. Her hugs feel like grandma's hugs. Paul says you can see your lips move, Jesse. That's because I'm a puppeteer and not a ventriloquist. Ah, That's right. there you go. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. Paul, well, we'll give this another try. Or if we're really going back, we actually could have followed the bat instead of going to the trap door. That's true. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to go to the bat or the trap door? Or do you want to go the back? Bat. Okay, so that was 16. We're going back to our last choice. Our last choice was bat or trap door. Page 50 would be that one. <laughs> Let the puppet choose, Paul says. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, careful. <laughs> Manicorn gets violent. Manicorn pulls out a revolver. <laughs> like, no! <laughs> We're going to the saloon! It's the wrong choice. Could you tell me where the bat went? You ask Brother Michael, M Michel, as you climb down. He dashes out and hurries back. It's sitting on the ledge outside the window. <laughs> Do you like that? <laughs> How's that? That's, yeah, all right. That feels a little, <laughs> feels a little dangerous. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it does. Feels a little <laughs> dangerous. You swing the rope toward the rafter and jump onto the beam. The bell clangs crazily. I'll distract the villagers so they don't scare the bat away, Brother Michel tells you. You thank him. I'm going to lower myself onto the windowsill and go out on the ledge, you say. Taking a deep breath, you step through the window onto the narrow wooden ledge. The sun-scorched wood feels hot on your bare feet. <laughs> I thought we had human feet. This is confusing. Yes. You Listen, I'll take the... These are the jokes, kids. You don't like the jokes? <laughs> <laughs> that was a pun. Pun counter. Oh, pun pun counter. counter. Taking a deep breath under uh, the, the, the hot bare feet. You flatten your back against the building and try to control the dizziness that threatens to overwhelm you. The bat cocks its head at you. The bat cocks a gun at you. Bats can't oh. use guns. Oh. Use Batman. <laughs> at you expectantly, then flutters further along the ledge. You are terrified to take another step. You squeeze your eyes shut, conscious only of the blood pounding in your ears. Page 56. You finally force yourself to open your eyes. The bat is still waiting. As you edge toward it, an enormous splinter pierces your foot. Is that the illustration for this? <laughs> I don't know. Okay, don't I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Unbearable pain. Unbearable pain. Pulses up your leg, filling your entire body. Your leg jerks into the air, and your arms fly out in a desperate attempt to steady yourself. But there is nothing to grab. You scream with horror as you plummet to the ground. When you regain consciousness, a crowd of villagers is gathered around you. Good job, Michel. You failed at your job. 
You're alive, thank heaven, cries Mary Claire. Yes, but you've broken both your legs. <laughs> Welcome to the leper colony, kid. Yes, but you've broken both of your legs, says Brother Michel. You know so optimistic. You know your search for the sorceress is over. <laughs> the other ending was Paul's, better, I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah really. What, what accent, accent is that? Is that? Paul, or it's Eddie. a Michel accent. Yes. <laughs> Is it, don't commit. Don't say what it is, and it won't be that dangerous if nobody know, can exactly. figure it out. Exactly, it's a Equidillion. <laughs> Equidillia French French Anillion accent. Mary Claire is a new character in the, in the story. Apparently, we just shouldn't go to the church at all. You're alive, but both of your legs are broken. I love how so Michelle now, is just... So now we know that going up the steeple results in two choices. One of which results in a never-ending goblet of water. Other one, yeah, you got a special parking permit in the village for the rest of your life. <laughs> and you're all going to die of start, uh, dehydration. <laughs> now, if there's the Anna got broken legs. We still haven't found a unicorn. I, I, I want to give it... Shall we give it one more try? Let, let's go back to page it. five. Okay, let's the go back to page bad five. News. Yeah, let's just get out of this church thing. This isn't let's working. Let's go into the cellar. <laughs> I feel like the, our endings—they're just generally going to be worse and worse endings. <laughs> I know. Stopped with the goblet. I know. <laughs> you got tetanus. Started out with the goblet. Then next time we broke both of our legs. Wow. Okay, so lepers camp would be page eight. Roll it back, Paul says. Yes. Okay, so Rolling page it eight. Back. Let's see, is that yeah, Jesse? Do you want to take page eight? I think Eddie did the last sure, one. Sure, sure. Okay. Yep. You turn down the path to the leper's shabby hut. You know the villagers stay far away from the lepers for fear of catching their dreaded skin disease. <laughs> this is not very inclusive. Yeah. And they will be very upset if you ever learn if they ever learn that you visited the lepers. When you first glimpse the two swollen faces peering out the doorway, you panic. Then force yourself to continue towards them. Welcome, friend. Please come inside, says one of the lepers warmly. Thanks, but I'll stay outside, you reply. Ooh. I'm looking for the sorceress. The riddle says she lives near a place of woe, and I thought that might mean your home. <laughs> oh, oh no! no We're no horrible! Man, where's the love for lepers? <laughs> Okay. Lepers are cool, but I kind of like tigers better. Uh, yeah. That's a pun. That's a yeah. pun. Oh, I think you're. I think you're beating me. Oh, Eddie's bringing it home. Since no one will have anything to do with us, this is indeed a woeful place," said the second leper. Oh God. Oh, but I don't think it's the one your riddle describes. We have never seen the sorceress. In fact, I think even she must be afraid of catching our disease. Oh, <laughs> I'm sweating. Cried, but our tear ducts fell off. Oh, this is the cringe. <laughs> I might die of cringe on this page. I know. Is leprosy that bad? You ask? <laughs> no, says the first man. But the way people treat us is horrible. In fact, you'd better hurry back. If anyone sees you here, they won't let you return home. <laughs> Turn to page 19. You say goodbye to the men and head towards home. As you reach the road to the village, you meet several of your neighbors. Their faces whiten. 
Their eyes dart back and forth between you and the lepers, who are still standing by their doorway. Stay back, shouts one man. Keep away! It's all right, you insist. I was just there for a minute. You can't return to the village. Go back to the lepers, shrieks another neighbor, eyeing you fearfully. As you start to follow them, the villagers gather stones. Leper! Leper, they scream, throwing rocks at you. Ah, uh, old, old Testament on this one. Oh, no, I'm a witch. rocks? I'm going to get stoned and not in a good way. Filled with horror, you race away from the villagers. You slowly realize you can't go home, but cling to the hope that their panic will subside in a few days, especially if you find a way to purify the well. Since you can't continue your search for the sorceress by investigating the graveyard, you decide to concentrate on finding a unicorn. Yeah. You turn away from your village and walk along the road towards the forest, hoping to find a unicorn there. Before long, you hear a cart approaching from behind. The driver is Simon, a traveling peddler you've always liked. You wave to him and ask, where are you going? Simon pulls the cart to a halt beside you. Everyone around here is too upset about the drought to take much interest in my trinkets. I'm going to try my luck in the city of Arez. At least people will be trading there. Want to join me? I wouldn't mind some company for such a long trip. You know, you really should let him know about the leprosy. Yeah. No. Arez! Yeah. You've never been to the city before. Although you would love to go, you suspect unicorns are more likely to live in the forest. But maybe you could meet someone in Eris who could tell you how to find a unicorn. Manicorn's more of a city unicorn than a country yeah, unicorn. Yeah, oh, big time. Big oh, yeah. time. He's part of the FBI for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. If you decide to search for a unicorn in the forest, turn to page 12. If you climb in the cart headed for Eris, turned to page 14. Let us know in the chat. Where should we go? Forest or Ares? Listen, the chat gets to decide, but I feel like if nothing else, you go to Ares, it, it, you can't find a unicorn, you kind of need a new place to live anyway. They're not going <laughs> to have to come back. <laughs> oh, no. Check out the city. Maybe you like it. So Al says, climb in the cart, and Paul says, to the city that cannot be pronounced. <laughs> yes. So we're going and, to page fourteen. Uh, I, I don't know. For the record, uh, "Forever Forever Unclean" was the title track of uh, Carolyn's uh, album she dropped in nineteen ninety six. <laughs> Forever unclean. They didn't have Irish Spring soap. Evidently no, not. No. Oh. All right. So Aries, that is page fourteen. For three days, oh, that's it's far away, huh? For three days, while you ride through the forest on your way to Aras, I'm just gonna commit to that. There you go. You keep your eyes, you keep your eyes open for any sign of the unicorn. When you re, it's a drive-by unicorn-like scanning, I guess. <laughs> I guess, because you're at on a cart, you're going what three miles an hour, four miles an hour. I mean, yeah, it's a drive-by unicorning. <laughs> yeah, drive-by unicorning. When you reach the outskirts of the city, you tell Simon about your search for the unicorn. It's a good thing you mentioned this, he says. I happen to know that the Duchess of Aras has a unicorn horn. She keeps what? it on hand. <laughs> she... <laughs> oh, manicorns offended and upset. Yep, there you go. She keeps it on hand in case uh, someone tries to poison her wine. I heard she. 
I heard she dips the horn in her goblet before she takes a sip. Maybe what? the Duchess will lend you her unicorn horn. I feel like that's the kind of person that's not going to just lend that out. No. That's a good idea, you answer. But do you really think the Duchess would let me borrow it? That's hard to say, Simon admits. I've also heard that the tapestry weaver in Aras knows a lot about the unicorn knows a lot about uh, unicorn magic. He might be willing to help you. Man, they don't know crap about unicorn magic. You don't know where that horn has been. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been in wine. We know that much. We can either go to the weaver or go to the duchess. Okay, so let us know in the chat if we want to go talk to the duchess. Or if we want to go talk to the weaver. Yeah, you don't know where that you, that that horn has been. It's been in some wine. Well, plus, come yeah. on. Yeah. And you're, you, she becomes the obnoxious person who's bringing that thing everywhere she goes, touching everything with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, shake the duchess's hand. Eh, first touch my horn. Yeah. <laughs> like, eh. Ew! <laughs> it's all stained with wine. Like, this, horn, this horn smells like cheese. I'm not doing this. Okay, so we have two votes for Duchess. Uh, Y'all just oh. want to go to the horny lady. Oh, oh. is that another one? That's Mark it up. Mark it up. That's a right. pun. There, there we go. go. All right. Ugh. Back on the board, baby. <laughs> <laughs> it hurt. Is it my go? Whose go is it? Uh, I'll, I'll go next because I haven't gone yet. So, Let's see if the Duchess will let me borrow her unicorn horn, you tell Simon. Besides, I'm curious. I've never met a Duchess. The clamor of jostling carts and crowds of people startles you as you ride through the dry and dusty streets of Aris. You are still marveling at the strange sights and sounds when the cart stops in front of the most enormous building you have ever seen. You count four stories. Simon helps you out of the cart. You march over to the guard standing solemnly by the front door and say, I'd like to see the Duchess. All right, we're very... This is only our third try, so I only count three stories. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, give him another one. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good, though. I hurt my body. <laughs> <laughs> These are the jokes. Yes, yes. He eyes your coarse clothing disdainfully and answers, Ugh. the Duchess is away. When will she return? The guard does not even look at you when he replies, not today. Tomorrow? He glances at you with impatience. The Duchess <laughs> alone decides when she will return. May I wait inside? No. The guard points to a stone bench several yards from the door. You may wait there. You turn to Simon, not knowing what to do. Shall I take you to the tapestry workshop? Maybe you'll have better luck there, he suggests. Would you like to see more of the city? And who knows how long the Duchess will be gone. Yet, it may be worth waiting to ask her about her unicorn. So here's our choices. If you accept Simon's offer and climb back in the cart, turn to page 36. If you say goodbye to Simon and wait for the Duchess, turn to page 35. So do we wait for the Duchess or do we go sightseeing? I love the guard. He'd be like... Perhaps the Duchess could touch your clothes with her horn and increase your thread count. <laughs> you make me sick. Of you course. Because <laughs> he's, he's wearing coarse clothing, yeah. Yes, yes. I, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. <laughs> uh. I love all, all the questions we just keep asking. We're like that annoying little kid. Just keep asking more questions. Oh, Al says sightseeing seems fun. 
So hop in the cart is what Al is saying. Or do we wait for the Duchess? Let us know in the chat. When in doubt, wait it out. Oh, can we split the tie? You know, we could combine them. We could go wait oh. at the saloon. Oh, oh sightseeing. <laughs> sightseeing in the saloon it is. is. Sightseeing in the saloon. 36. Page Here we 30, go. Uh, 30, yep, sightseeing is page 36. So, Riding through, are we going with Aris or Aras? What did we decide on? Aris. It's a pirate town. You enjoy watching the city people bustle about in their fancy but dust-covered covered clothing because they dusty. <laughs> Finally, the cart stops. That is not a pun. It's a sad, sad attempt there. Finally, the cart stops at the tapestry workshop. Simon leads you into a large, bright room filled with looms, each holding a portion of a, wood, a woven scene. These tapestries will hang in the castle of kings, he tells you. Although you know how to weave ordinary cloth, you have never seen a tapestry before. The two of you walk over to one loom on which a few weavers are creating a huge tapestry showing a knight. I'm looking for a weaver named Emil. Does any of you know him? Asks Simon. One of the men smiles and points to his chest. You found him. Points to his chest. I'm dying. I have... <laughs> Oof. I have scurvy. Turn to page 42. I have leprosy. Do you know anybody who has leprosy? Simon nudges you forward. I want to find a unicorn, you explain, as one does. The water in my village as well is tainted, and we must not last we might not last the summer unless it is purified. I'm told the touch of a unicorn's horn will clean it. You've come to the right man, says Emil. I'm already worried, by the way. You say goodbye to Simon as Emil takes you aside. I know two solutions to your problem, but neither is easy. You don't say, Emil, because we just died <laughs> getting a splinter in our foot. So I've heard one may obtain a unicorn by performing a ritual called the Circle of Wishes. Ooh. However, it is very difficult and may cause you great anguish. The other way to clean your well is to weave a magic tapestry, and I can show you how to do that. It will take a full month to make. Only a month, dog? I'll Whoa. do it now. Let's get that going. What are you doing? Once you come, but then again, these are written for nine-year-olds, so it's like a month, man. That's like one That's a long time. One thirty-eighth of my life. I can't be doing that. Once you complete it, you simply float the tapestry in the well, and the water will become pure. The circle of wishes sounds frightening to you, but time is short. Can your village survive during the month required to weave the magic tapestry? Mm. So, if you say, please tell me how to perform the circle of wishes, turn to page 46. If you decide to weave the magic tapestry, turn to page 39. Wow. I think we, I think we should weave it there. Oh, oh. that's another one. Oh, let me get it here. I'll get eight. Man, Go for eight. it, yes. Jeez, Jesse. Oh, man. I'd like to point out that Carolyn uh, noticed the 42. She did. Douglas oh, Adams Day was just not that long ago. Oh. Busting out the old hitchhikers there. Good job, Carolyn. Yeah. Got one vote for Circle of Wishes, Circle of Wagons for Paul. I wonder if it was a typo. Weaving seems fun. Weaving we got two fun. votes for Circles of Wishes. Okay, so that's Circle of Wishes. How to Which perform... is also the uh, style of haircut that Al Garrison gets when he goes to the barber. 
The circle, of the circle of wishes. <laughs> Is that what the monks have? Like the He's like, give me, give me the circle of wishes. <laughs> give me that circle of wishes. Al, I will buy you dinner if you go to the haircut place you go. I know the place he goes to. It's all these like gruff dudes. He's like, give me the circle of wishes. <laughs> give me the Homer Simpson. <laughs> I just, I'm not happy unless all I have left is a zigzag on the side of my head. With a tiny little <laughs> zigzag. Give me the Charlie Brown with a little Charlie <laughs> Yes. Page 46. Let's see. Is that Jesse? The circle of wishes must take place at night, says Emil. Since you'll need all the strength you possess, you should rest until the sun sets. That evening, Emil leads you away from the city, through the forest, to a moonlit clearing. Countless small stones mark a, a wide circle. Step inside, says Emil. A shiver runs up your spine as you stand in the center. Think of every wish in your heart and cast it out, instructs Emil. Cast it out? Yes, speak it out loud and convince yourself you no longer desire that wish. You must continue until the last wish is gone from your heart. Ooh. That's not so hard, you exclaim with relief. Emil does not reply. You think for a moment, then say, I no longer wish for a horse of my own. As soon as the words leave your lips, one of the stones in the circle glows and sparkles like a diamond. I no longer wish to grow tall. A second stone begins to shimmer, and you realize that growing tall no longer matters to you. As the hours pass, you cast out hundreds of wishes, but the circle is still not fully illuminated. Come on, urges Emil. Do the hard ones. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wishes, he means wishes. Do yeah, 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 yeah. Turn to 52. You take a deep breath. I don't care if our crops fail. I no longer wish for a healthy life. <laughs> I no longer wish my parents were alive. In, oh man you name more and more wishes until only two stones remain you're so exhausted you have trouble thinking of any other wishes okay say sighing i no longer wish to save my village from the drought good oh. says emil just one more that was it you insist i have no more desires yes there is one more no your life he reminds you I don't know why I kept keep slipping into an accent. <laughs> it turns into Michelle again. Your life. <laughs> it's it's me, Michelle. Your life. He reminds you. Cast away your desire to live. Oh, Although God. you feel curiously empty, your wish to continue living is strong. You are not sure you can pluck it from your heart. If you refuse to abandon this last desire, turn to seventy-three. If you resolve to cast out your will to live, turn <laughs> to 65. Wow. Listen, this is a Generation X kid. She's totally there. She's yeah. not there yet. She's not there yet. <laughs> I don't even want to be alive. <laughs> I, know. I don't want to be alive anymore. Give her to like 10th grade. Then she'll be like, man, I don't wish to live. <laughs> that was easy. Here's the first wish I gave away. <laughs> right, yeah. So let us know in the chat if we refuse to abandon our last desire. Or do we cast away our will to live? Lose. <laughs> I, I disagree, Al. I feel like that's a bad choice. Al says losing a will to live will never, never killed anyone. Well, you know. Uh, Paul, uh, Paul says go emo. Cast it all out. Yep. Oh no. He's gone full emo. Cast never go full life. emo. Oh, oh no. It's unanimous. You guys are monsters. Yeah. 
right. Okay, All right, this Randy, is uh, Randall here. We just here. passed away our will to live. <laughs> and you come to me. That makes sense. <laughs> he goes full Eeyore on it. He's like, that's about the way I expected. That this sounds is, about right. This is where you end up. <laughs> oh, look, surprise. It's the end, by the way. <laughs> Well, I mean, she shouldn't... Okay, she shouldn't have a problem with that, right? Summoning all your strength, all your strength, you whisper, I cast away my wish to live. The last stone brightens. Now step outside the circle, says Emil. As you, as you cross the glowing boundary, you are transformed into a unicorn. You yeah! gaze at the... You gazed at the silvery ho- at your silvery hooves in uh, astonishment, then toss your head to feel the weight of your long horn. What? Without, without wasting any time, you set out for your village. The next day, when you arrive home at twilight, most of the villagers are in their houses. You trot over to Marie Claire's... Isn't that like... Did you go shopping at Marie Claire's? Isn't that like a place to buy? Like, <laughs> That's where you got to drop off your daughters to go shopping. Yes, it is. Uh... You trot over to Marie Claire's cottage and poke your head through her doorway. She looks up from her sweeping and gasps. What in the world? It's me. I'm back, you say. Marie Marie Claire touches the good luck pendant still hanging from your neck. It is you. What happened? You were going to find a unicorn, not turn into one. I'll tell you all about it later. First, let's go out to the well and see if this horn of mine really does work. The end. That's like a that's a Sopranos of endings. It's like, but but did it? You don't really know. Yeah, but you are a unicorn now, so there you go. It's a thousand percent factual. The the reason I have such a cheery disposition is I gave up my will to live, and so should all of you. There we go. Straight from the mouth of Manicorn. Straight from from the the horn of Manicorn. Yep. We finally found a unicorn. I'm happy about that. I did. I know we found one. I mean, yeah, yeah, we found one by becoming one. We became a unicorn, but we did not become a shark. No? Oh, we're never doing the shark thing. It's never happening. This is amazing. We became a unicorn. So to to recap, we found a a magic goblet. We died with two... No, we we didn't die. We had two broken legs. (laughs) Yeah. lived in agony. Yes. What was it? And then is this the third ending or the fourth one we've done? This is the third one. Third. Third, third ending. We have turned into a unicorn ourselves. Yes. If we can't find a unicorn, by gosh, we're going to make one <laughs> out of all our right. own body right now. And all we had to do was lose everything. Lose everything and give up the will to live. Yeah. Give up the will it's a good message. message. All it cost was everything. That's right. Hope that water tastes good, kids. If you know you'd be a total jerk, <laughs> you'd be a total jerk in that unicorn. You see a kid like dump out some water, he's not done drinking. You're like, oh, are you not thirsty anymore? Are you not thirsty for the water that I turned I up my humanity for? Yeah. If you we did solve out. the problem immediately with that goblet, didn't we? That was our best uh, ending, even if it was the least climactic. I, <laughs> I know. Also, by the way, the weight of your horn. I don't know about that line. They need to rewrite that one. <laughs> right. Um, I would say maybe our first ending was still the best ending at the end of it all. Yeah. 
Oh, not that yeah. I wouldn't want to be goblet. a unicorn. I mean, why not? Give 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 it a whirl. You don't want the broken legs. <laughs> yeah. You know, Two out of three is not bad. Like I guess my arms still work. Ooh, crawling back home. Yeah. Yeah. You would be the biggest jerk in the town for the unicorn. You'd be like, guess what? No water wasting around here. None. Like, did you make that kid eat mud? I did. He dumped out his water. We're not having that in this town. We don't have this. Uh, I'm the sheriff in this town now. Right, yeah. Did you flush twice yesterday? Did you flush twice? I gave up my humanity to be a unicorn. So you become the grumpy, grumpy village unicorn. Oh, sounds so familiar to Manicorn. He becomes the guilting everyone over any minor waste of water. Yes. Is hey, that uh, why Manicorn saw Salty? He had to give up his humanity and his will to live to become a Manicorn? Also, the people could water their lawns! Their lawns! They got lawn culture is ridiculous! Get lawn culture. He's, he just got gallons of water going down the drain. The unicorn just watching it all go down like, oh, I guess this is where we're at, huh? I feel like they really went back to the well on that one. Oh. Uh, Okay, Jesse. I'm doing it. For for those that have no idea what about Manicorn, you got to briefly tell the listener where Manicorn and what what it's all about. Uh, the Manicorn is a tiny white hand puppet unicorn who lives in my brain. Lives in your brain. There you go. It doesn't pay rent. No, he lives rent free. Oh, no. so Jesse pays in my head rent. That's what happened. Uh, Jesse owes Manicorn rent. Yeah. That's kind of how that works. That's true. Manicord would make you pay rent. Yeah, never mind. He would no. extort that from you. He's a jerk. <laughs> Three endings. That's awesome. Two were decent. Two were good. One was bad. <laughs> <laughs> just broke your legs following a bat. Broke your legs. Eventually, they're probably just going to throw you in the leper camp. Yeah. It really oh, sounds yeah. like a like a silly uh, course of events, really. If you're like, I'm going to follow this bat. I'm going to break both my legs. In one ending, my legs became horse legs. In the other ending, my human legs bent like horse legs. <laughs> Go, going the wrong way. Wrong direction. So. Wrong direction, guys. Knees go one way, really. Yes. Yes, typically. That first ending probably really was the best ending, possible the ending of the book. Ending. It was yeah. so short. Humanity. Not that, you know, humanity is so great, but I'm just saying, you know. And then... Uh, <laughs> you did drink from a goblet full of bat guano, probably. As Jesse, yeah, but when it's magic bat guano, you're fine. I just, I, 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 this is a classic choose your own adventure thing, too, by the way, where they give you some like there is like an unexplained Jesse said, not an uh, Randall said it too, not an ending, and they aren't, they're just they wrap it up, but they don't give you any real sense of closure. It's just like surprise you're out of the maze now you're back home watching tv with your mom and dad you're like, <laughs> right. I find the magical key <laughs> why did i even leave a, home that must be a calculated decision to yeah. like you can't have too much closure on any of them or else maybe they'll stop reading i yeah, know you right? gotta get to the you got you, you can't i mean these books can't be too thick no replay, no, and replay value Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would love to see the uh, the uh, dry erase board on these like you know story sessions. <laughs> yeah. Like, all right, here we go. And all right, the kid's got a computer brain. The end. The end. It's exposed. Yeah. Dude, Actually, that one. We had one. Yeah, that had that one. We just I was like, what? Plug this chip yeah, in your head, like, and you're a computer now. 
That's it. The computer said, do you want to be really smart? And you were like, yeah, I do. And the next scene, he's got the computer like embedded in his skull, and he's just like, <laughs> ding. There's no downside to this lifestyle. Now you Fine. know. I like, I like that that's a happy ending and not a Cronenberg body horror ending. <laughs> no, yeah, you're just like, I think, I think the last comment was, how are you going to explain this at the dance or something like that? You know, how are you going? <laughs> I'm a computer. Yes. <laughs> Like, I, hey kid, I have a, I'm a computer. You, I'm, <laughs> you I'm, a have computer. The, I'm a computer guy. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah. I have mutt. Oh. I would love to have the one for the fire. Do you have That's the fire awesome. one too? I don't know. I have, but I have Mr. Body Massage. Mr. Body, Mr. Massage. Body Massage. Body Massage. The one GI Joe who has the worst name ever, Snow Job. He's like, <laughs> hey kids, <laughs> get off my lawn. It, it literally is like, you're like, I asked the computer to give me more memory, and look what it did. It's like embedded in your forehead. Like, I'm like a Borg from the 1996 Star Trek, the next generation. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Let's yeah. put that on you and plug you in. Except I have no ambitions of domination. Well, All right. maybe. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for everybody in the chat. We appreciate it. And check out the Grolix podcast. They're fun, fun guys and gal. Melanie's not here tonight, but that's okay. All right. But yeah, we'll do this again in two weeks. Eddie and I will fire up the House of Danger game and we'll go through that. Check it out. Go to youchoosepodcast.com. I'll put a link in the show notes too for the Grolix podcast so you can check them out. Randy, uh, you have some other podcasts. Uh, where, where should the, because you got the Electronic Media Collective. So I want to make sure we right. plug them too. Uh, first off, I want to say you guys are playing through that House of Danger game, but yes. like board game or whatever. Melanie, yes. and I, Melanie and I have that. We've played through it, through it a bit. We need to go back to it. That's oh, great so that you guys are playing through it. Oh yeah, yes, it's a, it's a good time. Oh, Our second go through on the House of Danger, and I tell you what, man, you haven't lived till you have fist fought hybrid chimps with varieties. <laughs> <laughs> it gets wild. <laughs> it does. Um, playing, playing violin you're like yeah no the main thing i have going on right now is grolix podcast of course grolixpodcast.com i do have a podcast network where you can find grolix as well as like uh, uh moose's monster mash and a bunch of other stuff uh that's electronic media collective uh dot com podcast network and then also i do podcast editing video podcast editing is a big thing right now so i do lots of video editing uh pod edit podedit.com and those are all my links cool all right well thanks for thanks for having having us on again man no definitely we always enjoy having randy and and jesse hanging out and and manicorn when we can keep him under control which is never which is never (laughs) well hey thanks everybody and until next time you choose the adventure thanks everybody see ya bye yeah but wait, if you act now, there's more. You can have your own fistful of Costners like Eddie has. Fistful if you ask, if you ask, if you act now, you can get your own box of magic. You choose podcast Grolix cereal. Ooh, ooh, yeah, yeah. And you think you're just getting a great box of cereal, but no. There's a treat inside. Toy inside, toy inside. It's Elmer's school glue, kids. Ooh. To drizzle on your cereal. That's magic. Mm. You choose podcast cereal. That's amazing. Mmm. 
it'll stick to your ribs. When you pour a bowl of that, is it a different is, is it a different bowl, like a different type of cereal every time you pour the? Uh, no, it's uh, it's apple waffle because I covered up the M this time. Keep that maple waffle out. It's mm. apple waffle around here. It's ape, yeah, apple or uh, maybe that's apple. I don't know. It's apple spelled wrong. A- apple waffle. Apple waffle. Do you get like extra extra gifts to Jesse? Send five box stock tops to Jesse, and we'll send you. Oh, a bag box of- tops. Yeah, yeah, we'll send you a bag of glass. You know, something safe, something the kids love. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah, yeah, old school SNL kind of stuff, you know. Bag of glass, teddy bear, real live dead frog, real live dead frog. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send you pink eye, pink eye. In a <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's like the you eye. choose part. You get to choose. Do you want Ooh. pink eye, or do you want a a Charlie horse? <laughs> I would love to have you choose cereal, but like, you guys remember there was like one cereal, it was Nerds, Nerds cereal in the like 80s or early 90s, and there was two distinct bags in the box. Oh, wow. And That's one great. was flavored That's... one, and one was another, and you could mix them together and get all crazy. They don't How even do you... that anymore, do they? Like, they used no. to just, they used to do the two different flavors at a time, and now they just give you like, oh, theater box of rainbow nerds. You or... know, the boomers weren't all bad. <laughs> well, they were mostly bad. They were mostly but bad, but they had they some had good nerds, ideas for marketing and getting the dumb cereal. kids money. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, take their money. Speaking of taking their money, big league chew, <laughs> big league chew. Yeah, just just so we just for just for uh, recording purposes, Lee, you're a little quiet. Oh, I am okay. Let me get turned up here. Uh, Let's see if I can get turned CRC up. Volumes. There we go. I don't know if that's any better or not, but oh, that's, there that's we better. Go. That's way so better. much better. Oh yeah. Okay. All right. There well. We go. So, oh, hey, oh my God, Eddie. Someone's writing the school notes in here. While I think about it, so I talked to, now this is back to an old Beyond Escape, Eddie. Remember Matthew Wigner's book on Beyond Escape? Yes. I, I talked to him and confirmed that was his book that somebody scanned in. That's insane. That is. What For are the someone odds? someone who you know personally. Yes. We read that book. It's archived. Yes. On the National Archives. I went to a small school. We had like 40 kids. What are the statistical odds on me pulling that book, reading that book from the same kid I went to school with? We're living in a simulation, everyone. I think so. <laughs> anyway. All right. If you listen to the uh, last Paranormal Dads, real quick, uh, I made the mention of if you ever find your doppelganger in, in, in oh, the yes. public. Oh, yes. Yes. You've, you've got to kill them. <laughs> Before yeah. they kill you. Oh, no. You. <laughs> So anyway, so the statistical odds are pretty, pretty, pretty high. I, I evidently, I, I can't believe that you got what 30 million copies of books out there, and they they scan yeah. that one, and I picked that one. It's and they crazy. know you have a podcast where you read the book. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> so anyway, I mean, I had to say that before I forgot. So all, all right, right. Yeah, that's, that, that's pretty fun. Nice. Yeah, I caught the last one uh, talking about Doctor Who's daughter. I, last time I watched was Peter Capaldi, so I'm pretty behind. That's all right. Do you suppose they'll get Eccleston for the uh, 60th? No. That would be Maybe. amazing. I doubt it. I doubt it. <laughs> I was yeah. sad he I wasn't think in it's the 50th. A... 
I, I, it took a pandemic to for Big Finish to get him to do any audio right. dramas. I don't think he's ever coming back to the TV show. Uh, he is going to be in. Um, he is going to be in the 60th anniversary for Big Finish, and part okay. of that was uh, David Werner does the alternate universe Doctor Who, and so he was like, he was like, I've got to do that. Okay. Okay. Oh wow. Oh man. Oh well. Anyway, sorry. But yeah, hey, 